Hey there, Logo Geeks, Ian Padgett here. And on this week's episode, I'm going to be chatting logo design with Aaron James Draplin. Before I go into that, I want to thank the sponsor of this episode, FreshBooks. Now, FreshBooks is an accounting software that lets you easily create professional looking invoices. Not only can I see who owes me money, but I can see who's yet to open the invoices too, which is a really useful feature. To check this out, FreshBooks have kindly offered listeners of this podcast a free 30-day trial. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash logogeek and enter logogeek in how did you hear about us section. This week, I'm excited to be chatting with Aaron Draplin of Draplin Design Co. I've been a massive fan of Draplin since I first watched his TED Talk a few years back called Making It In The Little Leagues, where he talks about his journey as a designer. Now, I found that video really inspiring and entertaining to the point that I've seen it quite a few times. Aaron is a very popular designer. Um, I would say about 99% of the designers I know uh, name him as one of their favorite logo designers, Uh, not just because of his work, but because of who he is as a person too. He's real, he's honest, and his sheer passion for logo design is infectious. His clients have included Nike, Apple, and even the previous US President Barack Obama. He created field notes, His logo design challenge video with Linda Learning is really valuable for anyone that's just starting out in in logo design. Um, So if you haven't seen it, I recommend checking that out. But that video went viral. He also now has a book out that was released last year called Pretty Much Everything. And this book has already become one of my favorite books. It's packed full of so much impressive design work. And for someone that's only 10 years older than me, It's an astonishing amount of work too, and I can't ever imagine doing that volume of work in my life. Now, as a word of warning for this episode, and for anyone that already knows Draplin, you'll know that this episode does contain some swearing. So if you have any young children nearby, make sure to save this one for later. So let's get into the interview. I introduce you to the man himself, Aaron James Draplin. I come from a family of, my, my dad was a big doodler. He was always doodling and making notes and drawing and had awesome handwriting. And my mom was you know, really creative with her you know, making baskets or just the way, you know, the house was you know, decorated or, you know, we had the coolest, most beautiful Christmas trees. That's something that I'm really thankful for um, because, you know, your house can be beautiful. Your life can be beautiful. And, you know, here is, you know, um, you know, there's just this weird puzzle quality, puzzle-like quality to making this little mark. And the curiosity that I have when you're just sketching and playing, I mean, it's real easy to say, just jump in and start drawing. But one part that gets missed in either that Linda video or you know, some of these Skillshare things is like, you know what, if you called me, Ian, and you said, listen, I want to hire you for a logo for, for Logo Geek, and I'd say, okay, well, let's talk about Let's talk about this. Let's talk about your competitors, where you are, how long you've been doing this, what do you want to be, you know, all these things that I'm trained to go and mine out of a client. Like, that gets glazed over. Like, I don't just jump into paper or definitely don't just jump into, you know, uh, Illustrator. 
Okay, can we go into that? Like, in terms of the research you're doing, from a process point of view, what I tend to do myself is I send over a data gathering questionnaire as a starting point. Um, and I use that to understand a little bit more about the client, the project uh, target audience, um, and so on. How are you going about doing this? Like, is it just a physical conversation? Yeah, in my experience, I stay away from making them work any more than they have to because okay. I don't want to turn this thing into a job for me or for them. So the idea that, like, listen, I've had the cookie-cutter briefs come into me where you can just tell that they changed my name and a couple bullshit objectives, and there's no heart behind it. You know, they're just, it's an RFP, it's a whatever, and you can just tell you it's... Some account person putting this thing together off of a form, and that's fine. But the last thing I want to do is add to that shit. So instead, I like to kind of trick people, get them on the phone, and I'm feverishly taking notes. They never know this. If they come into my shop and I say, you're here in Portland, come into the shop, let's play with some things, let's sit and talk, and that's how I break the ice. Because what I want them to see is that, first of all, I'm not your traditional, you know, face or person or body or whatever the hell and either is my shop or my momentum or whatever and I want them to tap into why I'm so you know excited about you know being alive and just doing this job so see I'm really careful with turning things into something where someone's going to be like fuck I don't want to have to fill this thing out because I've sent those things and they came back with one-word answers. So are you trying to make the experience more fun? Well, it just I trick them. I, I'm getting my questions, but I'm not turning it into another actionable fucking item they don't want to deal with. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to, if that's making sense, but it's no different than someone coming to me and being like, okay, here we are in this thing. Let's kill the whole excitement of this because we need you to become a vendor. You know? Like, oh. You know, 19 pages later, you're, you've just lost some wind in the sails, you know? So, okay, there's, I, know, I mean, we have to be professional, but there's a way to do it under the radar, kind of, you know? And a lot of that just comes down to a, a conversation, just to kind of say, hey, what, what are you thinking? Um, where do you see your guy, you, know, you guys? What, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm collecting that stuff, but they won't really even know that, that they're working at that point because I make it or try to make it this thing where I have examples to show. I mean, I went and did my research. I went and took a look at who they are. My best stab at, you know, what the space looks like they're in. Because the idea, it's really simple stuff. It's reciprocal. You know, it's like, if everyone's going black and white, mono this, mono, you know, mono color, like, 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 let's go full color. If everyone this month has you know, deer antlers and shit, don't put any deer antlers on your on your outdoor logo, okay? You know, if, uh, if everybody is ironic in your space, how about be as straightforward and, not, you know, uh, no bullshit? Or what if everyone is so straightforward? Well, then how about let's get weird? So, you know, these are simple things to just sort of challenge them with because basically what we're doing is we're just trying to find a target. And that target sometimes can just be me doing what I do, you know, which is they want either a thick line logo or something they pick off of one of my logo, you know, posters or something, 
We want one of those for us. Well, I'm not going to make them the same thing. I'm going to, it's going to draft off it, but it's going to be theirs. It's going to be theirs. The color story is going to be theirs. The verb, you know, the, the, whatever little twist or lack of twist to the type is going to be all theirs. I mean, I have to, I, you know, I'm really careful to remember this is for them. It's not for me. It's not for my portfolio. It's not for me to champion. I'm always nervous to show work on my Instagram because I don't want to take it out of context the best way to show it is to show it working. So a couple days ago, I put up some logos um, for a friend I did, you know, in Burlington. It's a little guy called the Hungry Pea Kids Catering, and the other one was called the Hungry Pea Kitchen Kitchenware, little heart leaf thing. And I, I just want to show them. I want to get them out into the world. I want people to click on her link. And you know, this is a friend who's doing a catering service for kids' birthday parties around New England, you know, uh, Burlington, Vermont, and and beyond. And she's already like booked up. Now I didn't help her do that, but you know, once they got her materials going, see, this is what I love about this stuff. It's like we we knocked out what she needed to have a nice little logo on a nice little card. She started to give those to friends. Friends gave them to other parents, and she's a business now. Like this is happening, right? Was that because of me? No, it's because they had an idea. I am one component. It's not for me. She has to wake up with it. It has to be versatile for her to use either the rest of her life or let's just say for a couple fun years, you know, and let's just be realistic about these things because it's really easy to go down the rabbit hole of, oh, the client changed it to this and they picked the shitty one. Well, first of all, why'd you show them a shitty one? Second of all, sometimes they're just going to lead you down a bad, into a bad place, a place you're not into. But if they love it, who's to say that doesn't work for them? At that point, who are we designing for? Our egos or the, the, the problem at hand? So I don't know if that sounds too convoluted or whatever. Maybe I'll, I'll stop talking for a second. But the idea is like I am uh, that process. Sometimes I can nail it in a day, and that makes people uncomfortable. Other times you're working for your buddy or Spencer Tweedy, and I say, you know what? I had a couple things to, this afternoon. Take a look. And we were already cooking. Now, granted, it took us six months because – He's on tour. He's in college. He's you know he's a son. He's a brother. He's a you know, all sorts of boyfriend. I don't know. You know, he's all sorts of things to you know in his life in Chicago. Well, we could have done it in a week, but no. He takes a couple weeks off. I hear back. I you know a couple days later. I you know it starts to stretch out. But what if it's my buddy who comes in here, and he needs it done over the weekend? I love that stuff. Let's do it. You know, get your checkbook out. You're going to pay me to give you my weekend. Oh, I mean, what else would I have been doing? I would have been, you know, in here, you know, figuring out merch or, you know, cutting down boxes into, you know, recycling or whatever the hell I do with the rest of my life. But um, in that instance, someone coming in, they're in a little bit of trouble, the, the time crunch. I do a lot of those things. I love the puzzle. Is there a process for that? It just kind of comes down to doing a quick chat, getting some sketching going, pushing some things around, having them come back the next day and saying, just take a look at this. Like just us simply looking at what your type is right now and could be this way, here's how this might be a little more successful in the places that you really matter, which is Twitter, Instagram, and blah, 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 blah I don't know, something else, you know, digital, right? Like you weren't even thinking about that. Like that's what we got to think about. You know, one out of a thousand times, you're actually going to hand a business card to someone. 999 times of those interactions it's someone scrolling past you where do we matter and that's that you know that kind of shit that gets to that gets to the problem real quick and i love that stuff i love to see them kind of go oh yeah 
this is really simple, but man, that's maybe what I needed. Or it's really complex, and here's how we simplify it for these like smaller places. And then here's where it explodes at you know full force. Well, that's only on a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know what you mean. Like uh, a logo, it needs to be versatile so that it can work in lots of different uh, instances. Now, I want to ask you, in, in terms of presenting your work, in your book, uh, Pretty Much Everything, I notice that when you present designs to a client, you're showing a lot of different options. Um, and over the past few years, I've spoken to a lot of different designers, and I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone um, present as many as what you do. I mean, based on the example in your book... Um, I can see that you're presenting, in some cases, like over a hundred different logos. Now, I uh, I understand, uh, based on the uh, content in your book, that you've tried the uh, poor and approach of, uh, you know, sharing one or just a couple of different options. But for you, um, that hasn't worked. So I I'm just really keen to understand um, what's the reason why you show such a wide range of logo designs? Well, well, sometimes. But see, here's the deal. Like by showing them a wide range, I'm not showing them anything that I don't think would be successful. You know, you can show thick and thin, you can show thick, thick, you can show thin, I mean, whatever. You're just kind of getting a feel for reactions, you know, because people, I'll, I'll say things like, hey, go out and look at your world. What Twitter accounts do you really like and why? You know, because that's where they get to see it living, you know, in a really kind of tricky space. You're swiping past it. That's where your day starts. That's where your day ends. You pick your phone up. You put your phone down. So the idea that I can get them comfortable thinking in that space, you know, and then showing it living in that space, you start to make some decisions. You know what I mean? Instead of it just being floating with a nice rationale on a white page, that's not necessarily, I'm just, I, of course I do that stuff, but then the next page you'll see it on a black background to see how it reacts to the darkness, you know, just darkness. Then the next page, it shows it at the size of, you know, it's tiny. And, you know, the idea of showing a lot of things, it's case by case, first of all. It's not like every time I jump in there, there's 60 things. There have been presentations where I showed 120 things because I just said, you guys, I'm having so much fun with this character or this little piece. Look what, I mean, just so you know. I've had that also happen when I show 82 things and they only saw the first page and they were so excited with the first page, they were like, one through six, we love number three. I guess my concern would be um, doing this, like how does the client choose when there's so many to select from? I It's why I, I personally prefer to um, show between like three and five options, for example. How, how are you going about helping the clients narrow down those options to to one i mean i i provide a rationale and say here's why you're seeing these things you you showed me this here is a gentle riff on what i discern you might like about you know what you showed me and that and i, I reflect it and then they kind of go you know what that's just not going to work for us but at least we went there see it's these are you know it, they might look tight but they are variations. They are quick things. The fun part about this, like I said, sometimes people only op open up the first. They don't even know there are 16 other pages with three on each page. They don't even know. They're so used to people bringing them four things and saying, pick one. That kind of breaks my heart. 
I want them to see page 17. I want them to you know play with page. I always I say the word play. Go play with these. Because what they'll see is they'll go, man, we don't know why we like this little snippet here. And then I take those and I make I work against that because then you've got ownership. See? Now, I, I, I it's like a funnel. You drop a bunch of shit in the top, and somewhere these things bang around, some come together, some go apart something pops out at the end and, and you know when i make a brief and i say all right you know for my estimate it is four to six different directions and in each one of those directions you'll see variations on that either theme or or style or something you know whatever that's just me being you know protective of my time but man sometimes i can nail it in one or two pages and then i'll just kind of explain there's something happening here but as part of my obligation to you guys hey let's go try a couple other you know curveballs but see, you know, that can be dangerous. Other times, it takes a while to hit something to where they really feel it's theirs, you know? And it's because, you know, I'm just really careful to, like, play this game of, you know, like, no, I think that's the best one. I mean, I, I did a logo for a guy, and I don't want to mention it because it was a little weird. But he jumped into the Illustrator and started to tinker on it. And, you know, it hurt because I had shown him, you know, more successful options. But at that point, it was just like, hey, if you want to play expert, you be expert. I've already been paid. If you want, you, you have to live with this, man. Here's where this thing lives the best. I can show it to you 10 times. But if that's the, because, you know, he wants that ownership, I can't really battle it. You know, he's using it. It's out there. It's an audience of two at the point, at that point. You know, it's me and him kind of like going, well, are you sure you want to do that? But I just said, I said, well, here's why this is more successful this way. But it didn't matter. You know, and that's where you have to kind of go back to this weird thing. I'm not designing for me. I'm designing for this person. I'm not designing for my, my ego. I'm designing for their, the problem they need to solve. If that's what looks right to his eye, then we're going with that. You know, and in the end, you know, it's still something that's a little bit sore for me because I had shown him more successful options. I think it's really good to hear that. Um, from you, as I know a lot of designers experience the exact same problem. Like, I've had this myself a number of times and, you know, try to recommend the best option and explain why one solution is better, why one solution is better than another based on my experiences. But like you said, it's, it's not always possible and it can be tricky sometimes. It's, it's tricky because it hurts. Like, you know, you know, you know in your little heart of hearts that whatever you made them is going to be so successful and there's no way they needed to make that twist. Even if it was, I've had them make the twist and it looked better. It was like, hey, we're in this together. I'm working for you. I'm looking up. I'm not looking down at you. My minions, you better pick the right logo. Never. I'm looking up and I'm saying, you hired me. I am your divining rod. I'll help you get there. If you want, you want to take it out of my hands and keep going. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be that. You know, I'm not going to be. That, that's on you. You know, and there's and there's all kinds of little ways to do that. You know, it's it's a weird thing. But you know what? I'll just say it. You know, it sounds goofy, but that happens to Aaron Drappen. Sorry to be all third person, but that happens to probably you too. Yeah, and it I, does. And, and I know even Pentagram partners have the same issue. Of course, it's called being a human. You know, and I'm and you know like. Let's see. Let, let's take like who the hell's really struggling out there. Let me see. Let me see if I can't. Young jerks out of Brooklyn. 
uh, Dan Cassaro and D these two, these are terrible people. I know they're struggling, but young up-and-comers, I know what happens to those guys too on some level. And when you look at their work and you go, man, every single thing those two make, I love. I just love it because you know, I'm messing with them, but I'm fans of Dan and Dan. Like, they're buddies. You know, it's not like you know I'm christening their firstborns yet. Yet. I have not been able to hold their firstborns yet. But, you know, I, I talk to them a couple times a year. But I watch their work, and the stuff's beautiful, you know. And if they're offering, you know, this kind of wit and grit and stuff, and I'm sure they're killing it. But you know what? I'm not really concerned about that. Every time I see their work, it's awesome. But I'm, I'm betting at the biggest of the big, they're dealing with that too. Because this is just, in, it's just ingrained in the process. It's no different than when your contractor comes and builds, you know, uh, builds out your, um, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, your new kitchen, and you wanted the line on the cupboard to do this, and he made the line this way, you know, whatever. I just want to take a short break to talk about the sponsor of this podcast, FreshBooks. Today, more and more designers are going freelance, either on the side or full-time. And when you're taking payments, it's important that you keep everything organized and looking professional, especially when it comes around to tax return season. Now, when I started out, I was using Excel spreadsheets to track my profits and expenses, but I found that started to get quite messy and unorganized. When I discovered FreshBooks, I started to feel much more organized as I had clear visibility of all of my payments and expenses in one location. Now I recommend you check it out for yourself and you can do that for free because FreshBooks have kindly offered you, the listener of this podcast, a free 30-day trial. To claim that, all you need to do is visit freshbooks.com forward slash logo geek and enter logo geek in the how did you hear about us section now let's get back to the interview i'm aware that you do a lot of free work what's the reason for that see how do you get a fun job where people trust you to do the logos that i do now if if they're not seeing other things so you know, like, how do you get that job to, to show off later on if they, you know, I just made my own shit for myself, for buddies, for stuff, sometimes for money, sometimes it's because it was fun. Someone would see that thing and then go, whatever that is, we dig it. They don't, they have no idea it was just me playing around on a Friday afternoon like I will be this afternoon, you know. And in a weird way, that's like how you manifest, you manifest you know, a life in design or a life almost tricking clients to thinking you are bigger than you are. No, you're showing what you want to go do. I personally found myself that uh, people will choose to work with you based on what you show. So um, you need to do the kind of work that you want to be doing and put that in your portfolio, even if it means doing some voluntary design work. On a, on a bigger note, the idea that that person comes back to you and says, oh, my God, we took off after we built this little quit. We didn't have anything. You know, I mean, I don't do any more of those. I mean, very, very seldom. Like, I do a lot more just, I just like you guys. I'll just make you something. How about that? If it explodes, you know, put my name on the on a, on a brick at the when you guys build the big corporate whatever. If it doesn't explode, it's probably not going to. Well, oh, well. 
But sometimes, you know, I, I just help friends, you know. I mean, I'm open to that. I meet way more people who would, you know, have a nice hashtag to say, I don't work unless I'm worth this much. Well, it's just not going to be that way. It's not, you're not going to get paid what you're worth at your cool job. And you're not going to get paid what you're worth, you know, um, even freelance. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to make more than what you're worth. Sometimes the job's going to pay you more than what they, you know what I mean? It's like, there's just, it's a roller coaster. And I'm open to sometimes when it dips down, you know, and it, I can smell that it's just a fun job to work on. Like, I do those all the time, you know, and who would even know? The fun part is when you stack a couple of those up and someone sees one and says, we liked what you did for that band. We're a band and here our budget's five grand for this record. Well, that's how you got the job. You see what I'm saying? Like, and I've met people that have debated me on that shit and I just stop them and go, okay. And you're right, and I'm wrong. You have your life. I have my life. Is your house paid off? It isn't? Okay, mine is. Is your Volvo paid off? Oh, it isn't? Well, mine is. Uh, my appendix is... I'm not trying to... You know, my append, I paid my appendix off, right? I don't understand how people can argue with that. And, like, I found myself that the type of work that you show in your portfolio is the type of work that you will attract. I mean, uh, myself... Not everyone is aware of this, but I've worked on websites, I've worked on illustrations, even um, quite fun computer game artwork and animation, lots of different things. But here today, I want to work on logos. So when I started uh, Logo Geek, I did a lot of logos free or, you know, for very small amounts of money, just so that I could start to build up a portfolio so that I could show people so that it would attract uh, potential clients. And and now here today, I'm able to charge uh, what I'm worth for Lego projects. Now, do you have any tips for how you choose who you're going to do free work for? Yeah. First of all, is the person that you're, you're working for, can you tell it's a nefarious thing? Hey, listen, if it's another one of these, we're a big corporation and we're going to give out a $50,000 award to whoever wins the logo, and the other 49,000 people who tried to get the logo, they don't get squat. That's not ethical. you got to love logo contests. I mean, so many designers out there are joining in, doing free work, and hope that they might win some money. But the reality is that it's damaging the design industry and it's almost slave labor. So, okay, so let's just get that shit real clear because that's not apples to oranges or oranges to apples to what I'm doing. That's not even close. You know, I don't, you know, first of all, you can't pay your mortgage with uh, free work, right? You can't pay your mortgage. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's like I have been that guy that had to go pitch for a job where, you know, they said, you know, Hey, you're going to try this. About three months ago, you know, we had a deal where I got this job. They called me and said, we like what you do. You've been recommended to us. I showed them work. I showed them a little portfolio. And they said, great. We'd love to. We have a really quick turnaround. The budget is 5000 bucks, And great. So I, I got rolling. I thought I got the job. It was really fast. They knew who I was. They knew what I did. I showed them, you know, a proof of, you know, making logos and working for things and that I could, you know, confidently handle this thing and then i call on monday this is on a friday i work over the weekend i call on monday to say hey let's just do a quick check and if this thing is due by you know this next first bunch of stuff next friday i want to make sure that i'm sort of like on the right little roads and you know, i haven't you know just we've had a couple quick discussions and she said she says yeah 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 that's great all the submissions are coming in 
like Thursday or Friday. And I said, what do you mean all the submissions? Now, nowhere, nowhere in that first email did it say you are competing for this. So I just stopped her and I said, so how many people are involved? Well, we've got about four or five. And I said, okay, so are you paying four or five people $5,000 for their time? And she said, no, whatever one we like the most, will we award the job to them? And I said, so, okay, how much is my time worth trying for your job? Because basically I'm just giving you free ideas. Now that is different than when a heavy metal band comes into my office who has no money, but I've known them for 10 years. I listen to their records and they're like, dude, we don't have any money, dude, dude, you know, whatever. I don't give a shit. I just look at them and say, I know you're good for it. There's a job to be done here. They're, you know, they're not trying 19 different agencies. See, in town here, when Nike would do these things, you were paid just about as much as if, you, you know, just to try for the job for that first little round of exploration. You were paid for that round. That's ethical. That's big Nike. That's ethical. They have the money to do it. So I, I you know, I, I kind of had to tell that person, oh, man, I've already got a awesome shit to show you guys, and I'm not showing it. I'm out. See you later. And then I get this real nice email like, we're so sorry. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing. Well, of course they don't. You know, some marketing person told them this is how we do these things. You know what? Who's to say? Like, at that point, I'm not competing for that shit, you know? If, if you think I'm the right guy, I will get you, you know, through all the different doors and the dark halls and get you to the light. I'll get, that's my job to do that. But the idea that there's going to be a bunch of us trying, they're just getting that many more options for free. But what I tell a young kid, why not go for it if you're trying to, you know, I saw something for Gander Mountain, which is a big, you know, uh, sporting goods store. I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, I had a lot of people writing me and saying, Aaron, they're offering $50,000 if you win the Gander Mountain logo. I said, well, what about all the people that don't? They're just giving away free logos. Like, why? They're giving away free time. Well, if you're if you're 22 years old, shit, go for it. But you're giving away free work. But it's kind of fun to roll the dice sometimes. That's not the same thing that I'm doing here. You know, This isn't... You know, a design industry that can come to me and say, well, that guy just works for free. That's not the same shit. So people have to get that right. You know, and I'll just stop right now and I'll say, man, that Rocks and Road logo you did. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. I'm so happy to hear this. Oh, man. Listen, Ian, I'm just going to say it. Stay the fuck out of Portland, Oregon. I don't need you messing with my stock price. I don't need you here as a threat. Because look at this. Oh, man. that's made my day. I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, that's it's really made my day to to hear that from you. And I I know when I was working on that one, I I thought you probably would like it because of the uh, style I've used. Well, you know what? When I go to that thing, it just looks smart. It looks smart, and that's the fr I don't I don't know the first thing about cyclocross versus mountain bikes, but. When I walk up to this thing and I go, oh, you know, what, whatever Rocks and Road is, it just instantly looks smart. Now, I'm, that's a compliment, but it's more like, you know, you start to put those guys around their competitors and you're going to see how it kind of changes the way people come and look at, you know, the other things around them, you know. Um, so, you know, you know, listen, before I just go and say that's even good or bad, I have to go read about what you were trying to solve. See, that's one thing that always freaks me out is people love to weigh in. All the experts come out, you know, and it's just amazing to me, you know, like you know, I'll see some of the nastiest comments in the world and then I go click on their logos or their, their link 
and I see the work they're doing, and it's garbage. I'm a big advocate myself of understanding goals before critiquing any work. I mean, people out there, designers included, um, tend to jump in with negative feedback about um, a logo in particular without knowing anything about the project. But you know what? They're the expert in that one little, uh, uh, you know, and I don't need to go and say, you know what? Shut up. Until you can start making stuff as consistent as this Ian guy or shut your mouth, you know, but I don't need to say that. I don't need to go play that game of, I guess they call it punching down, but man, it always gets my goat because there is some simple math here. The nastier the comment, divided by the angle of the dangle, divided by the, you know, divide, uh, multiplied by the hypotenuse of the coefficient equals a shitty portfolio every time. But then you see him six months later and you see the work they're doing and you're just kind of like, well, he it was a kid just making stupid comments, you know. But no, you give them weight. You know, and you say no, they, they're trained to, to come after you. So I don't know, that stuff's always weird. I think some people just like to make a comment without really thinking. I mean, I don't, whatever the hell it is, it's just, it's just like nastiness. Like, you know, what if you, you know, I, I roll up on some kid's website. And let's just say I don't like any of his work. But somewhere I knew he's taking care of a family. He's paying his bills. He's keeping himself insured and healthy. That is a great story. That is a great story because he's handling, you know, he's handing off logos to people. Maybe I think I could have done them better or my process is different or maybe this is bony or maybe this is really beautiful. But, you know, that's not my that's not my space to go and like leave a like if you're leaving those nasty comments like that, what's it say about your own life, you know? Like it's it, it's too easy to go poke a hole in someone after that because then you go at it as this adversarial thing. It's just a weird thing. Like, you know, I've 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 made my mistakes. You know, I've said things where, like, you know, I'm years ago on my website, I don't like the work of so and so, and then I found out so and so was reading it and they were pissed. I'll never do it again. I've done this exact same thing myself. I I made a negative comment about a logo, and within about five minutes thanks to uh social media i discovered that the uh, person that worked on the logo had uh, seen my comment and it just made me realize that uh it's unfair and that there's a human being behind um everything that we see and it, i don't know it's just not right to publicly make um bad comments about anything Luckily, the world that I was, you know, either operating in or whatever coming up was a world where it doesn't take five minutes. You know, people might not even ever really notice it, you know, this kind of shit. So, you know, the idea that, like, um, that's the new world we're in. And if you can't say anything nice, don't say a goddamn thing at all. It kind of applies sometimes because people are going to – the context, you can just take it out. Like, listen, there are days when I see things and I just kind of like, oh, that is just – just bad you know it's just dumb whatever it's just whatever but i don't need i don't need to go and hurt some kid i don't need to go it just it and a lot of that comes from you know uh being in this weird position where people come after me and you know you go and you click on their link like i said you're just like i see why all their shit's derivative and they're frustrated and my goofy little poster selling more than theirs this month well whatever you know i've had guys come up to me this is amazing come up to me at you know any of these talks I've done 
I was in Dallas last year. This one floored me. And a guy came up to me and he looked me right in the eye and he goes, I didn't think I'd like you when I met you. And I went, well, why? And he goes, because I'm jealous of what you do. And I go, well, do you like me? And he was like, yeah, you were great. I had fun. I learned this. You gave me this tip. You gave me, you know, sat through one of the workshops or some something. And I said, I'm a human being, man. Whatever you're reading, that is me. I'm not, there's no act. On that topic, as an outsider, you have one hell of an impressive brand. Um, you know, to the point that even you as a person is identifiable. I mean, I can imagine like a little character, uh, one with like an orange hat, um, you know, yeah, a, a jacket and so on. Um, was that a happy accident or have you fabricated uh, that look as part of your brand identity? I would let I would let any rat kid who just knows me answer that. Of course, I mean, if I mean, there was no <laughs> game plan to you know create a character. You know, I think you react to what you're around. You know, I mean, if you can see a character of me with an orange hat and you know the size of a water buffalo and um, a, you know, a dirty Carhartt jacket and blah 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 blah. Well, no, I wore Carhartt jackets all growing up because they were affordable and you know we used to. You know, work outside in them and stuff, you know, whatever. That's just where I grew up. But, you know, is that a caricature? Because, listen, should I say, well, I can think of a little figure. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, what, you know, in a little suit coat, you know, and, and they're smart and they'll let you know they're smarter than you. Well, that's fine because that's the cliche I run into all the time. And that's fine. I don't, you know, that's, that's life. People are, let people just be comfortable. No, you react and you, you know, I want to, I want people to be able to come right up to me. I mean, I'm going out there. I don't need to be any more difficult in my life. You know, I want people, I want a kid to be able to, if he wants to come up and talk to me about making logos, I'll talk to him about it or having a business or, you know, a lot of the things that you see, you know, remember those things aren't really made for a client. They're made just because I like to make, you know, a little watermelon patch. I want to make a patch that just says watermelon. I've never seen one that just says watermelon. Like last night I showed that because I'm so excited to get it back because it's going to be fun. I love watermelon. There's no brand or, I mean, maybe it's just for the DDC, but why can't we just make fun little things that maybe what's going to happen is an eight-year-old's going to pick that up at some little thing and be like, Mom, I love watermelon too. And that's why we're doing this shit. So see, when some, you know, I read the comments and when some kid says, Oh, another bullshit about his dad or another bullshit about thick lines. Well, yeah, but you know what? It's not even for you. This is just because my, my nephew, he likes this, and I made him a little fun little logo. You wouldn't, people wouldn't even know that part of it. You know, they just, they're, what, a kid last night wrote something <laughs> so weird. When you do this, it's awesome. If I did this, people would say it's shit. What am I supposed to say to that? Well, get ready for a life of shit, man. You got it all figured out. What if you just went and did it and people dug it? But we'd never know because you don't show it. Listen, it's a weird world, and I'm just trying to have a life I enjoy. I'm trying to be an ethical person. If I'm on the clock for no money, I work my ass off. If I'm on the clock, and I just did a job for, well, the company that makes iPhones. I can't talk about it, but you would never even know what it is. I'll never talk about it, but I did it. But no one would know that shit, and I was a good worker, and I did my job, and you'll, I'll never be able to talk about it, and I'll be able to smirk when I see it, but that's called being a designer. I'm going to keep an eye out for that uh, to see if I can recognize your style. Good luck, my friend, because it is such a, it, it, was, it was an interesting thing, because now, 
This is I'm I'm on the defense right now because it's kind of like this. There is no style to what I did. You might be able to recognize it, but no, that was being appropriate for the client. And, for, and second of all, the biggest client in the world. Like when they speak, you listen. I use their shit every minute while we're talking right now. I use I've used them my whole life. Whatever little fold or flap or little contribution I made. What if I'm not even allowed to go put that in my little roster of clients? I'm okay with that because I will find things. You know, when Spencer's little company comes out, I'll show that with just as much ferocity as I show the time that I got to work. And remember, removed 94 people from Mr. Obama when I got to work for Barack Obama, you know, his administration, me and my buddy Chris Glass. I will show both with the same ferocity. They're in the same list. You don't know that one was paid nothing, and that's Mr. Obama, and then there's the one that was paid just a little tiny little bit, um, and that was, uh, you know, Spencer. Like, you won't even really know the ones that were paid the big bucks. You'd never know. I don't need to talk about that. I just, I'm trying to do good work, you know? That's, that's an inspiring way to look at things. Um, now, I have one last question for you. Um, I've been following you for quite some time. I have your book, which is crammed full of incredible work. Uh, your training videos and tutorials have gone viral. Um, you've designed uh, products, including field notes, which have been hugely successful. Um, you've worked with the biggest clients in the world, including uh, Barack Obama. You've achieved what most designers can only dream of, and it sounds like a lot, especially for someone that's just starting out. I'm curious, was, was this all planned, or has it been the consequence of lots of small steps over a number of years? It's really weird right now, because all these years later, when you put it into those you know, really nice words like that, it does sound a lot bigger than it, than it really is. And, and that's not, you know, that's just because I know precisely, you know, kind of, you know, exactly what I'm up against. But when you put a Barack Obama into uh, the mix like that, you know, you have to understand, I was hired by a group out of Chicago, who was there, you know, I was hired by a group in DC who was hired by, you know, the White House or whatever. And there's, so there's a lot of steps to get to that. It's not like, you know, he called me or something. You know, hey, Barry, let me see what I'm doing this weekend. But, you know, now, you know, the, the fact is, yes, my, my buddy Chris Glass and I worked on this thing for Mode Project out of Chicago. So I'm very careful to talk about those layers, you know. But the perception with this stuff, you know, it, 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 it takes off. And, you know, the idea that, you know, there's been, th you know, three really successful and really, I'm really proud of the Skillshares, you know, because I think they're fun. You know, that's the main thing is that they're fun, that anyone can jump into them. Because there's been those or all of these shows, you know, you have to understand, like, all of those things, they kind of weren't supposed to happen. There was no game plan, you know. And right. to, for, for it's kind of like, it's like icing on the cake, you know. It's like, how much more icing can there be? Because the cake was baked so long ago. It's not a bigger cake. It's still... The same shitty little cake, and it's just got, you know, it's like a, it's like a three inch, four inch, you know, deep cake by what about, you know, eight inches wide, or you know, so you have to understand, it's like, I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm always winging it, and I'm always, you know, trying to do my very, very best with whatever, you know, either professional opportunities have come along, because if none of this happened, 
where you know who I am and oh, now a lot of kids know if the book never happened. I still had a really good life working with buddies, making my own brand, um, you know, kind of thumbing my nose at the big things in the world. And, you know, I, I still had a really good run, you know, everything else, you know, in the last, I'd say, six years, you know, this wasn't planned. So I'm just trying to enjoy it. You know, everything in life is an arc. You know, at some point you die. At some point, you know, you, you slow down from working. At some point, you know, uh, some kid on the other end of a tweet or something, they're just not concerned with what you're doing. I've seen all sides of that now, right? Um, and I, you know, jokingly, I'm always saying, oh, man, today's the last day of this bullshit, and that's it. It's been a good run. Here I go. I'm going to go into the woods and die in obscurity, you know, and it's been great, and I thank everybody around me. And then a, a day later, a couple more calls for a couple more conferences come in. Right. So, I, I mean, I really appreciate what you said, um, you know, to do these things, to connect with you, you know, to to talk to people, to get up early and race down to the shop. You know, and I apologize for being a little late. Um, it's really a bit of an attempt to kind of right the ship, because if some kid is listening to this right now and says, I could never do what that guy did. Well, that's bullshit. Yes, you could. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take a weird sprinkle of luck. It's going to take being able to say thank you to the shittiest of clients and the very best of clients. Cause there was, a, you know, there were, there were some of both, you know? Um, and somewhere, like you said, small moves definitely add up. And that is the best way to put this because, you know, nine, nine out of 10 things, there's no way you would know about them. But see, I met too many people who would say, I would never do those 9 out of 10 things you do because there's no money involved. It's not cool. That guy's an animal. Um, you know what, what? You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Um, we all clearly just need to keep chipping away and uh, we'll hopefully all get there too. Well, Aaron, it's been an honor to have you on the show and it's been really good to speak to you. You've shared a lot of great advice. So thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for having me on here. And thank so good to speak to Aaron Draplin. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing so much uh, great advice. If you want to learn more about Aaron Draplin, just visit his website, draplin.com, where you can find more about his book, his products like posters, caps, badges, etc. It's all pretty cool. You can also find out on there where you can see him talk too, um, which would be really inspiring if you're able to go to any of those. Show notes for this episode can be found at logogeek.uk forward slash podcast four. If you want to talk to other designers about this episode or any others, make sure to join the Logo Geek community on Facebook. And you can find that simply by visiting logogeek.uk forward slash community. Again, thanks so much for listening and I look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>